Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc slash soap. All right, good morning, good morning. Fusion Church, 6 a.m. soap. How you guys feeling? You guys ready for this one? We are in Judges 18. Um kind of continuing on the story of Micah a little bit from yesterday and how, you know, he set up the, 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 the idols from the, from the money that he had stolen and all that stuff. And now we're, we're, we're continuing on with that story. Um, so uh, it's really, there's just a lot of interesting history. Um, we're going to get into, we're talking about the tribe of Dan and um and how that tribe of Dan um, failed to to uh, conquer their allotted land and what they did in turn um, and some history around that. So um, I'm going to pray and we're going to jump right into it. Father, we love you, Lord. We just thank you. We thank you. We thank you for who you are and what you are doing in our lives, Father, Lord. We thank you for your word, Lord. Every day, we thank you for your word, Lord, that if we ever feel lost, if we ever feel that that uh, you do not understand or no one can understand what we're going through, Father, all we have to do is open up your word, Lord God, and, and it is always proven to be true. And uh, so we thank you for that, Lord. I pray that during this time, Lord, that uh, you'll just speak to us, open up our minds, open up our hearts to receive a new and fresh word from you, Lord God. Father, we praise you and we lift your name on high in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right. Judges 18, and I am reading from the New King James Version. In those days, there was no king in Israel. And in those days, the tribe of the Danites was seeking an inheritance for itself to dwell in. For until that day, their inheritance among the tribes of Israel had not fallen to them. So the children of Dan sent five men of their family from their territory, men of valor from Zorah and Eshtol, to spy out the land and search it. They said to them, go search the land. So they went to the mountains of Ephraim to the house of Micah and lodged there. While they were at the house of Micah, they recognized the voice of the young Levite. They turned aside and said to him, who brought you here? What are you doing in this place? What do you have here? He said to them, thus and so Micah did for me. He has hired me and I have become his priest. So they said to him, please inquire of God that we may know whether the journey on which we go will be prosperous. And the priest said to them, go in peace. The presence of the Lord be with you on your way. So the five men departed and went to Laish. They saw the people who were there, how they dwelt safely in the manner of, of the Sidonians, quiet and secure. There were no rulers in the land who might put them to shame for anything. They were far from the Sidonians, and they had no ties with anyone. Then the spies came back to the brethren at Zorah and Eshtol, and their brethren said to them, What is your report? So they said, Arise, let us go up against them, for we have seen the, the land, and indeed it is very good. Would you do nothing? Do not hesitate to go and enter to possess the land. When you go, you will come to a secure people and a large land, for God has given it into your hands. 
a place where there is no lack of anything that is on the earth. And 600 men of the Valley of the Danites went from there, from Zor and Eshtol, armed with weapons of war. Then they went up and encamped in Kudrath, Jerum, and Judah. Therefore, they call that place Mahanadan to this place. There it is, west of Kudrath, Jerum. And they passed from there to the mountains of Ephraim and came to the house of Micah. Then the five men who had gone to spy out the country of Laish answered and said to their brethren, Do you know, do you know that there are in these houses an ephod, household idols, a carved image, and a molded image? Therefore, therefore, consider what you should do. So they turned aside there and came to the house of the young Levite man, to the house of Micah, and greeted him. The 600 men armed with their weapons of war, who were of the children of Dan, stood by the entrance of the gate. Then the five men who had gone to spy out the land went up. Entering there, they took the carved image, the ephod, the household idols, and the molded image. The priest stood at at the entrance of the gate with the 600 men who were armed with weapons of war. When these went into Micah's house and took the carved image, the ephod, the household idols, and the molded image, the priest said to them, what are you doing? And they said to him, be quiet, put your hand over your mouth, and come with us. Be a father and a priest to us. Is it better for you to be a priest to the household of one man, or that you be a priest to a tribe and a family in Israel? So the priest's heart was glad, and he took the ephod, the household idols, and the carved image, and took his place among the people. Then they turned and departed and put the little ones, the livestock, and the goods in front of them. When they were a good way away from Micah, from the house of Micah, the men who were in the houses near Micah's house gathered together and overtook the children of Dan. And they called out the children of Dan. So they turned around and said to Micah, what ails you that you have gathered such a company? So he said, you have taken away my gods, which I made, and the priest, and you have gone away. Now what more do I have? How can you say to me what ails you? And the children of Dan said to him, do not let your voice be heard among us, lest angry men fall upon you, and you lose your life with the lives of your household. Then the children of Dan went their way, and when Micah saw that they were too strong for him, he turned and went back to his house. So they took the things Micah had made, and the priest who had belonged to him, and went to Laish, to a people quiet and secure. And they struck them with the edge of the sword and burned the city with fire. There was no deliverer because it was far from Sidon. And they had no ties with anyone. It was in the valley that belongs to Beth Rehob. So they rebuilt the city and dwelt there. And they called the name of the city Dan after the name of Dan, their father, who was born to Israel. However, the name of the city formerly was Laish. And the children of Dan set up for themselves the carved image. And Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of Manasseh, and his sons were priests to the tribe of Dan until the day of the captivity of the land. So they set up for themselves Micah's carved image, which he made all the time that the house of God was in Shiloh. Amen. All right. whole lot happening in this passage of scripture. And it starts off where until that day, their inheritance among the tribes of Israel had not fallen to them. Now, one of the interesting things about this, and, and we see this a few times, is that there was still no king in Israel. Um, because if there was a king in Israel, he wouldn't have allowed all this stuff to happen. This is a very lawless time. Okay. The time of the judges, you know, we've, we've been reading some of the judges, Samson and whatnot. And, and we're seeing that Israel is really just doing what they want to do. And the tribe of Dan, when they entered into the promised land, you know, they had a uh, land set aside for them, but 
the tribe of Dan felt that their land was too hard to conquer. They didn't want to take the initiative. They didn't want to just do what they were called to do. You know, their land was actually a region that was just west of, of um, Jerusalem. Um, and, and part of, we're going to read that part of the, that this part of the tribe, they move north and they, they take over a city, they rename it Dan and it becomes the northernmost Israelite city. Um, and it says, uh, so, so, the, so they were, they were looking for land that was easier for them to conquer and, and to make their own. And so they came, to, they came to the land of the tribe of, of Ephraim to the house of Micah. It says in verse three, they recognize the voice of the young Levite. It could be that um, the spies from the tribe, the five uh, spies that they had sent, you know, they they knew of of this renegade Levite, you know, personally, or or it is possible that they they simply recognized the accent as as being from the southern part of of Judea. Interesting fact: Israel um, is roughly the size of New Jersey. Okay, so it could be that they recognize his accent. You know, we know being here from New Jersey, if you go to different parts of New Jersey, you might hear slightly different accents depending on where you're from, you know, so so <clears throat> it's not beyond the realm of possibility to, you know, they heard him speaking and they were like, okay, he's from the South. Verse five, please inquire of God that we may know whether the journey on which we go will be prosperous. This is showing a very um, spiritually confused time. That was that was in Israel this time. People were so, you know, so spiritually confused. These these Danites, they were on a they were on a very sinful mission, right? And and, and during their sinful mission, they met a sinful Levite, and they wanted to know from a righteous God if their mission would be successful. They were going out to do wrong, and they wanted to inquire of God. If whether they'd be successful and they went to someone else who was also living in sin. Does that make any sense, sense, guys? You know, they went to this person, you know, and 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 you know what, you're not gonna tell me that they didn't know that this priest wasn't really, you know, a priest of God, right? But maybe maybe they 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 did, maybe they were they were that confused, they were um that wrong and the, the the and so this this sinful levite sent these sinning men on their way and he gave them god's blessing now was it really god's blessing no but he said the words they needed to hear brothers and sisters it is so important that you know who it is you're getting counsel from it's so important you know who it is that you're going to for advice because we know there are people in our lives that if we go to, they're going to tell us exactly what we want to hear. And we also know there are people that are going to tell us, you know, they're, they're not going to tell us what we want to hear. But they're going to tell us what we need to hear. Verse 7 says they don't dwell safely in the manner of Sidonians. The, the Danites found a, a city nearby that was not occupied by any other Israelites, but it was by a colony of Sidonians. And, and this was a group that God told Israel to drive out of Canaan back in Joshua 13. In Joshua 13, verse 4, he tells, you know, this group of peoples were, were on the list of peoples that they were instructed to drive out and they didn't, right? 
Israel failed continually and not obeying God, right? Uh, Charles Spurgeon, who you know, one of the great theologians, um, uh, he had a sermon called the, the 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 dangers of carnal security, and he used this description of the Sidonians as a description of a false false security of carnal believers. They act like the Sidonians. They 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 were free, you know, because these Sidonians they were they were they were cut off from their own people, and they were living peacefully. Because they were free from internal struggles and and they were free from rulers, such as any kind of governors or anything like that. They were free from ties and concerns of other people. They were free from from invasion, and we often live like that. We seclude ourselves so that we will not so so we we were not we're not accountable to anyone, right? How many times have we have we 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 taken a break from the church? I need a season away from from people. Right, I need a season away. The church has hurt me. That person has hurt me. Whatever the case may be, I've even heard, you know, the Lord spoke to me, and I need to, I need to take some time by myself. No, that is a lie. That is a falsehood. Right? God is not telling you to be away from anybody. He's not telling you to take a season to to in seclusion. Yes, there are times when you know I need, you know, I'm I'm going to take a a few days and just be in seclusion. Yeah, that's 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 different. But when people say, I need to take a season. I need to step away from the church. That is not of God. All right. Verse nine, for we have seen the land and indeed it is very good. Seeing that the land was good and, and the city was, was not heavily defended. The Danites believe that this would be a good city to conquer and, and, and take um, for their own territory. He took 600 men and these 600 men had weapons of war. And, and, and so this, this army of 600 men, they were, they were, they were assembled to fight um, for the city of Laish in the tribe of Ephraim. You know, so it keeps saying the tribe of Ephraim. So the tribe of Ephraim never conquered this land, you know? So it wasn't just Dan who didn't want to fight. It wasn't just Dan who failed to conquer the land. It was, it was multiple tribes of the people of Israel, you know, so, so, you know, but it's, it's, it's amazing if, if Dan had just taken the initiative and had fought for the land of their, of their own tribal allotment, they wouldn't have had to do this because God truly was with them at that time, but they were afraid. They were afraid to fight. They were afraid to, to be obedient to the Lord. And for some reason, to them, and it's oftentimes to us, a distant battle seemed easier than a close battle. I'd rather fight over there, right, than fight right here. I'd rather fight for people in the church than fight for my own family here at home. I'd rather do this than do this, right? Because if it's too close to home, you might get uh, you might get wounded a little bit. It might, it might hurt a little bit. So it's often easier just to go out, you know, and, and, and do battle out there. But brothers and sisters, the fight at home is the most important fight, right? So you may have family members, you may have close friends, you know, that you, that you need to be, be, be interceding for and fighting for and being that example, you know, but oftentimes we're afraid to stand up for what we believe because we don't want to offend our family. We don't want to, you know, we want, we don't want to do any of that kind of stuff. Um, and, and God is telling you, no, it's time for you to fight. Don't look to outside battles. You got to win the battle at home before you can win the battle anywhere else. 
so they they went and um they were they were in the in the house of Micah and, and it says in verse 17 they took the carved images the ephod the household idols and the molded image uh image uh, this was a, a strange combination of low morality and and strong religious feeling it it, it was as if someone it's almost like as if someone wanted to um study the bible right and so so they steal a whole bunch of bibles it's like you're 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 doing wrong but in your eyes you're doing something right there are many examples in 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 history of people satisfying a religious impulse in a completely immoral way if we if we go to go back to 14th century Europe, um, unemployed soldiers often became, you know, small armies of bandits that would they would they would rob, they would burn, they would kill, they would they would destroy whole towns and villages all over Europe, and and these criminals often negotiated with the town before attacking, and if they got paid, they would leave the town alone. But if they weren't paid, they would destroy. The, the 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 town the the small cities and and these men will often go to monasteries and 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 rob from the monasteries as well but what they would do before they left is that they would demand that the priests give them a written document saying that all their sins were forgiven they use violence and theft to supposedly advance a religious cause and the priests, the quote-unquote priests, would allow them by standing aside as they, as they did this. The Danites were committing sin. They weren't called to go up north. They were not told by the Lord to go up north and conquer. They were they were being disobedient to the Lord. And then and so what what do they do? Well, we're gonna we're gonna take these idols and, and we're gonna we're, we're gonna get rid of these idols, you know, as if that's their religious cause. And no, that's not what they were doing. They were being very, very disobedient. In verse 19, it says, put your, put your hand over your mouth, right? That's what the New King James Version said. This was a threat, right? The Christian Standard Bible says, keep your mouth shut. You know what? Shut your mouth. We're doing what we want, what we got to do. Don't say nothing to us. They commanded this, this, this young Levite, this false priest of, you know, that, that, that worked for Micah, to stop ob- objecting to what they were doing, or he was going to receive um, the wrath for, for 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 speaking up, right? And verse twenty it says, "So the pre the, the priest's heart was glad. His heart was glad because he was he was filled with with mercenary ambition. All right, you know that he didn't care about Micah really." He didn't care about being a, a so-called priest. You know, he was, he wanted, he wanted status, right? He, he, he wanted just the status and the pay that he might get by being the priest for a whole tribe and not just a family. Cause he just, at this point, he just worked for Micah. He was a priest just for Micah and his household. And now you have the tribe of Dan, an entire tribe wants me to be their priest. All I got to do is shut my mouth. Oh, he was not living right. And we know this by, by chapter 17, and he's continuing here. So Micah, you know, pursues them and, and tries to stop them. He says, you have taken away my gods, which I made. 
Think about that. You've taken away the gods which I made. This is this is very this is a, a very ironic statement. Micah felt that he had to rescue his own gods. That makes no sense. He had to rescue his own gods. Obviously, if they were real gods, they should be able to care for themselves, right? These wooden idols should be able to, to, to stop the Danites. And I, and I wonder if Micah even saw the foolishness of this. If he even saw, you know, how, how ridiculous he sounded by saying, you have taken away the gods which I have made. See, we, we either worship a God of our own making or we worship the true God who made us. We either worship a God of our own making or we worship the God who made us. There's a story, uh, a like a ancient rabbinical uh, story about Abraham and how Abraham, um, his family, prior to be called, being called God, his family, they made idols. They were idol makers. Um, you know, Abraham was a Chaldean and that's what they did. And, you know, the story goes and again, this isn't biblical, so you, you could take it with a grain of salt. But the story goes is that he began to question, right? You know, why am I making something that I am now worshiping? Why am I, like, I'm creating this thing. Why am I worshiping it? And so, you know, he would question his father and, you know, I'm making this wooden image. Well, then I can take this image and throw it into the fire right? And it can burn up. So why don't I worship the fire? But then I could take water and put the fire out. So why don't I worship water? And then when he went, when he finally, he kept, you know, adding, you know, well, if, if I can worship this, I can worship this. If, you know, like air, the wind can come and dry up the water. Let me worship the, the air. And it went all the way up to, you know, why don't I worship the, the being that created all of it? You know, and again, that's not biblical, but, you know, you know, Hebrew scholars, that's one of the stories they tell about how Abraham discovered who God was. And and so. These these Danites, they were they were stealing from Micah and all Micah was focused on was you're stealing away my gods. So again, I'm going to say it again. We either worship the God of our own making or we worship the God who made us. But the gods that we make are always less than we are. Idol worship is just another way of worshiping our own selves. So whatever it is you're putting your focus on, whatever it is you're focusing on other than Jesus Christ, you're really worshiping yourself. Because you made the decision that that thing is greater. And Micah was foolish enough to have a priest who could be just taken away. And reminds us of how wonderful it is. Listen, how wonderful it is to have a high priest who cannot change, who cannot be moved, who cannot be taken away. who can Whatever can be taken away from us has the mark and signature of man on it. 
Whatever can be taken away from us has our own signature on it. It does not have the signature of God. Jesus Christ, our high priest, can never change. And he will never, he will, he will never leave us out of concern for someone else. And our sins and failures cannot, cannot rob us of him. Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, and forever. Amen. That is a truth that we can always stand upon. And I, Michael's idolatry worship was so empty. His false gods didn't have any lasting good for him. It says, verse 25, lest angry men fall upon you and you lose your life. You know, the Danites were telling him, get out of here. We're like, we're done with you. This event and these words illustrate uh, the, the general lawlessness in Israel during the period of the judges. The children of Dan stole Micah's idols just because they could. Just because they could. They had the ability and they wanted to do it. When Micah saw that they were too strong for him, 26, they were too strong for both Micah and his gods. Listen, we should never have a God that needs protection. Micah had these little, these lowercase G gods, these idols, and they needed his protection. That shows how useless they were. That shows how futile it is to worship anything than the creator of us all. Verse 27 says they went to to, to Laish to, to, to a people that were quiet and secure. And in and, and verse 28, it says there was no deliverer. There was no other nation that was going to come and protect these people. You know, this is written in a way meant to make us at least a little sympathetic for the people of Laish. Because it says they were peaceful. They were quiet, right? And to the tribe of Dan, they were easy to conquer. The people um, of Israel were instructed to take the land from the Canaanites, but this seemed like an unprincipled attack from wicked men of the tribe of Dan. All right. So these people, they should have been driven out a whole long, a long time ago, and they weren't. And I, and I can't tell you if, you know, when Israel first entered into the promised land, if these were like a mighty people at that time or, or, or whatnot, but you know, now at this point, they were peaceful. They were quiet. They didn't, they weren't bothering anybody. You know, they should have never been in the land. But since they were there and they were quiet, God didn't tell them to drive them out at this point. God didn't give uh, the tribe of Dan a, a supernatural message to go and drive them out. No, Dan saw and they, they saw easy pickings and they were going to take advantage. So they destroyed this, this city. They killed the people. They put them to the sword, the Bible says. And verse 29, and they call the name of the city Dan, the city of Dan will become the most prominent northern city in Israel. When you read the Bible, when it's, when you hear the phrase from Dan to Beersheba, it becomes an expression meaning from the north to the south of Israel, indicating all of Israel. Okay, Dan, the northernmost city, Beersheba, the southernmost most portion of Israel, and, and Beersheba is very significant because um, that's where Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all received a word from the Lord. They all received the promise of how their how, how their children would be, you know, would be, be prosperous, be numerous. You know, if you look in, and it's not on all Bibles, but most Bibles, you know, have the maps in the back of the Bible. 
if you look at the various maps and it says, you know, Israel during this period, Israel during that period, if you look at it, you'll see a try, you know, or one of the maps, you'll see Dan, the northern part portion of, of Israel. And you look at another port, another map, different time period, and Dan is in the middle, right? There are two Dan's, right? This is the northern portion of Dan. And it's a beautiful area of Israel. When uh, when when uh, my wife Sandra and I were in Israel um, this past November, we got to visit this northern portion of Dan. It's called Tel Dan now, and a Tel in archaeology means there's there's various levels, and as they're excavating, they're finding various levels of of um of civiliz- civilizations that live there, and it's a beautiful area. It's now a national park, and they're still excavating all the time and finding new discoveries, new new places, you know, um, there. And we walked through some of the woods and we came to this place and there's, there's a, there's a, 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 a stream that runs through this area. And um, we got to a portion of, uh, of the area and um, our tour guide told us that it, uh, rabbinical scholars believe that that's where Psalm 42 was written. And you sit, you sit there and you could hear the river, right? And if you know Psalm 42, it's the portion of, of scripture that says, as the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. So here we're seeing the tribe of Dan taking over, conquering a peaceful people. And at some point later on, the psalmist is going to write how he longs for Christ. He longs for God as the deer panteth for the water, right? And that should be the psalm of our heart. If you're panting, that means you're thirsty. Your mouth is dry. You're walking around with your tongue hanging out of your mouth, right? And as the deer panteth for the water, my brothers and sisters, we need to be panting for God. We need to be searching for for, for God. We need to want to, to, to dive into the well that is the Holy Spirit. Verse 30, and we're going to wrap up here. The children of Dan set up idols for themselves, the, uh, set up for themselves a carved image. This was the beginning of established idolatry in Israel, in the promised land. Now, there had always been individual idolatry. Now, we've, we've been reading about this, but this was official idolatry. And it was a, a strong chain of events that began with a son stealing 1,100 shekels um, of silver from his mom, and it ended with an entire tribe of Israel being led into established idolatry. The Danites took the idols, you know, and I don't know how long it was until they established, you know, the idolatry, but they took these idols, seemingly doing a righteous thing, and it said it caused them to fall into the sin. So they set up for themselves, verse 31, Micah's carved image. We can suppose that Micah had no idea how far-reaching the effects of his sin would become. His personal idolatry, the idolatry of just him and his family, caused an entire tribe to fall. And they set up a rival center of worship because at this point, the tabernacle, the house of God was in Shiloh. So now we had two rival houses worshiping. 
one worshiping the true God, Yahweh, the creator, the one who delivered them from Egypt, brought them into the promised land. And now the tribe of Dan setting up an entirely different place of worship to meet their own needs. They put these false gods before the true God. Brothers and sisters, if you have something in your life that you set up to take precedence over God, to be more important than God, and it could be, a, it could even be a good thing. But if it is more important, if that thing is more important than God, you need to reevaluate, you need to remove that from your life because it is a distraction and it's going to cause you to stumble. Do not be like the tribe of Dan. Doing things out of order, making their own decisions, never truly seeking God. And when they quote unquote sought God and sought a word from the Lord, they sought it from from uh, a false priest, someone who had no business giving them any kind of advice, no business giving them any kind of word. It is so important that we, you know, we pastor ourselves correctly. You don't need myself or any other pastors on the, at the church to, to, to tell you what to do. Yeah, we are more than willing to pray with you. We are more than willing to give you counsel, right? But ultimately, you can go directly to the source and get the answers you are seeking. The tribe of Dan did not do that. They failed from the beginning. And look at the consequences. They failed to take the land. And now here we are hundreds of years later, and they're doing evil. Micah stole, committed sin, and his sin caused an entire tribe to fall. You do not, do not know the consequences of your sin. You do not know who's going to be affected by it. And ultimately, it'll be your children and your children's children. So stop it now. Cut it out. Get right with God. Repent. Remove whatever it is in your life. And make Jesus Christ the only one that you serve, the only thing that's a priority to you. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you, Lord. We just thank you. We thank you. Thank you, Lord. Then when we read stories about, you know, Israel and, and, and here in, in Judges 18, the tribe of Dan, Lord God, we, we, we see how, how easily it is for us to fall. Easy it is for us to stumble when we do not make you the focus, when you are not the one that we are, we are, we are, we are walking towards. And so, Father, we pray that you would just forgive us of our sin, Lord. Forgive us for the times when we made idols of other things and put them in place of you, Lord. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters listening to this morning, Lord God, and those listening later on in the podcast, that you, you would just speak to them. Show them areas in their life. Show me areas in my life that I have made it to an idol. Because, Lord, we do not want to stumble and we do not want to cause anyone else to fall. So we, we praise you for who you are. And we just continue to give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. All right, brothers and sisters, I love y'all. We'll see you soon. God bless.